This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Well, good morning, New Life. It's good to be here with you, getting a chance to teach and speak into the life of our church. Uh, Before I jump in, I just want to say thank you to our worship leaders, to the men and women who just continually create musical experiences for us, even in this weird medium of of video and COVID, man, they're doing such a great job. I just love their heart. I love where they can lead us into these moments of encountering God. These songs can really be like our prayers to Him. So thank you to everyone on that team working so hard to make that happen for us. Okay, so let's jump into this time of teaching. And and I I just got a question for you as we get started. And and as you think about your life, have you ever been given a name or, or like a title that had some weight to it, that, that shaped kind of who you were. I remember one of my first jobs in high school, I worked at the public library, and I worked in the kids section, putting the books away, and my name, my title was Paige. That meant that I could be called upon at any point to go get a book for someone or organize the books, and that, that had some significance to it. I mean, I could go and tell people to be quiet if I needed to. I learned to master the Dewey Decimal System. It had some weight in my life, but, but I've had other names and, and titles that have actually had greater weight and significance. Like, I remember when I first met Christy and we became friends. Suddenly, I was a friend of Christy. That was pretty significant. And, and somewhere in the, the journey of that friendship, it was clear that we both kind of liked each other, and so we kind of stepped into that new stage, and suddenly I was Christy's boyfriend. That was pretty cool. And then I got the courage to ask her the question, and she said yes, and suddenly I was Christy's fiance. And I mean, there was a shelf life to how long that name was going to be, so I used it a lot. I'm, I'm her fiance. This is my fiance. I love that word in that time. And, and then in 2002, we stood in front of God and family and friends, and and made our promises to each other. And in that moment, I became Christie's husband. That was really cool. That was a name, a title that had serious significance and weight in my life. And, and then as our family began to grow, I remember that, that day when Indy, our first daughter, came into the world. And suddenly, I was now father. Whoa. I mean, talk about some weight and significance to a name and a title. And I think there's something really powerful that happens when we are given a name or a title that that has weight or significance, especially if it's something that speaks into a sense of our identity. I, I think it actually helps give us a sense of belonging and purpose in life. And I remember seeing this happen in a fun way with my girls when they were real little, with, with my nephews who were also the same age, young kids at a time. We'd gone to my, my brother's house for some holiday or family get-together, and we were going to be hanging out with them for about a week. And So I thought it would be fun to give them a game to play. And, and I'm a bit of a nerd. I, I love Lord of the Rings. I love Narnia, all that stuff. So I went and I raided the dollar store, and I found some cheap plastic swords and some shields. And I thought, I'm going to give them an adventure. And so we get there, and I gather my daughters and my nephews together. And, and I say, hey, you, you're going to set out on a grand adventure. There's, there's a dragon that lives in the backyard, and you're going to need to go slay this dragon. And so then as I gave them these toy swords and shields, I gave them each a name. And so to my oldest daughter, I said, hey, you are Indiana, the invincible. Keep fighting. Keep fighting, because no one can defeat you. 
And my youngest daughter, Brooklyn, I, I, I said to her, I said, hey, you are Brooklyn the brave. Fight with courage, even in the face of fear. And then my oldest nephew, Chase, I said, hey, you are Chase the champion. The battle's already been won by you, so keep fighting. And then I sent them off to go fight the dragon in the backyard. And it was fascinating to watch this, this little ceremony of sorts as, as I just gave them these names. They, like they, they, they took these little toy swords and shields and, and this gleam came in their eye and they kind of stood up a little bit stronger and straighter. And they're like, yeah. And, and I remember just watching them charge off to go fight the dragon. And it was, it was such a cool thing because in giving them their name, this title, it, it stirred something within them. It stirred up a sense of identity, of belonging and purpose. And see, I think that's exactly what happens in our lives when we encounter Jesus. That Jesus begins to show up in our story and, and somewhere in that journey of discovering him, he, he begins to make sense to us. He's, he's not just a religious figure or person from history, but, but somewhere in that journey we begin to realize he's so much more than maybe what we first thought, that he's actually God's gift to us. He's come into this world to to rescue us and restore us and bring us into new life. And, and as we begin to follow him and walk with him into that new life, we begin to discover that we're given a new name, a new title. We're, we're, we're given several, actually. But, I mean, here, here's an example of just a few. But one of the things that happens when we step into this new life that Jesus invites us into, when we begin to believe him and follow him, we're, we're called children of God, that that God becomes Father, and Jesus actually teaches us to pray to Him as Father, as Dad. This is, this is not this distant God, it's this personal relationship we begin to have. We become sons and daughters of the King. Uh, another name or title that we're given is, is that of being a new creation. We're told that, that our old life doesn't define us any longer. All the mess and hurt and brokenness and wounds of our story no longer define who we are, that we step into this new life we become a new creation. We're told that the old is gone, the new has come. These names and these, these titles, oh, they can have weight and significance for us in our story and in our journey because they speak into a sense of our identity, a sense of belonging and purpose. And so for the next few weeks, we're going to chase after one of these names, one of these titles that we discover is given to us as followers of Jesus. And, and I think it's going to have some cool implications for our lives hopefully empower us to to kind of stand up a little bit stronger as we go through life together and, and, and so we first hear about this name this title from one of the early followers of Jesus from this guy named Peter I don't know if you remember Peter we talked about him last week he was that that crazy audacious follower of Jesus that just said if Jesus can walk on water here I go I'm going to walk on water and we learn about this name from Peter in, in one of the letters that he writes and and the cool thing about Peter is Peter understood this idea about being given a new name, a new title. He experienced it in his journey with Jesus. See, his given name was Simon. And, and yet at one point in his journey of following Jesus, Jesus gives him a new name. He says, your name's Simon, but from now on, you're going to be called Peter in Greek, which is Petrus. Petros, it means rock. And, and this had weight and significance in Peter's life because Peter would become part of the foundation upon which Jesus was going to start this new movement, upon which Jesus would build his church. And, and so Peter completely understood the idea about the significance of being given a new name and the weight it would have in his life. And, and so in one of his, his letters to the first Christians, 
Peter writes these words in 1 Peter 2.5. This is what he says. He says, you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. That God's not looking to be in a physical place anymore. He's wanting to exist in the lives of his people. And so we collectively become his new temple. And so that is implication. So listen to what Peter says. What's more, you are holy priests. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. And so here's Peter elevating the role of a follower of Jesus by calling us priests. And this would have been a revolutionary idea in his day to the first Christians he was writing to, because back in their day, only a few select people functioned as priests in their spiritual life. Like like the role of a priest, the function of a priest back in their day was to be somebody who represented God to the people and represented the people to God. So a priest would make sacrifices to God on behalf of the people. And, and a priest would bless the people on behalf of God. A, a priest was instrumental in helping others experience God. And, and here's what Peter's saying. If you're a follower of Jesus, that's who you are now. You're a priest. And again, this would have been fundamentally revolutionary in their day as they heard this because it would have been like, wait, wait, what do you mean? Like, like this work that Jesus has done in our life, bringing me back in the right relationship with God, like I, I don't need anyone else. Jesus gives me full access to God, so I function as a priest. I represent God to other people. But I think people would have been like, wait, what? Me, a priest? No way. That's, that's not who I am. And that's for those super spiritual people, not for me. Man, we, we can still do this today, can't we? Like, like there's certain roles that we can see in the life of the spiritual family of God and the life of the church. And we think, well, the, the, those, some of those roles, those are only really for the super spiritual people. It's not for someone like me. Like I think we do this a lot when we think of our pastors. Like, like we think that the pastors are the ones who do the really super spiritual stuff. They're the ones who do the spiritual thingies. Like, I've experienced this in my journey as I, as I stepped into this calling of being a pastor in my life and being at functions or family gatherings and people said like, oh, Joel, you should pray. You're, you're the pastor. And I'm kind of like, well, y- yes, I can pray, but I don't pray because I'm a pastor. I, I pray because I'm a follower of Jesus, just like anyone else. And, and so, yes, I mean, there is a leadership aspect to the role of being a pastor, a function of bringing leadership into the life of a church, but... But the main idea about being a pastor is this idea of being a spiritual shepherd, being somebody who looks out for the well-being of others. And that, that's not something that's distinct to just somebody who's a pastor. I mean, that's something that we're all called to be and do for each other. We're all called to be pastors to one another, to look out for each other. And this is exactly the point that Peter's making when he says that as followers of Jesus, we're all priests that we're all meant to represent God in the world around us. And in case we thought that maybe he just made a slip of the pen or didn't mean what he says, a few sentences later, he repeats the whole idea again. And in verse 9, he writes this. He says, For you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. So as a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. 
See, as a follower of Jesus, you have a title, you have a name, and it's got some weight. It's got some significance for your life. Like, like you have a part to play in this world. You show others the goodness of God. You have a part to play in the life of our church because you show others the goodness of God. And, and this is not only for a select few. This is not only for the super spiritual people. It's, it's for all of us as we follow after Jesus together. There's a place for you. There's a part for you to play in the story that God's telling through your life. And so what, what do we do with this? I mean, if we're, we're called to be priests, like, does that mean we have to get special robes or something? Like, what does this really mean for our lives practically? Well, one of the things that Peter tells us that priests do is that they offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. So what does that mean? I mean, if we're going to understand this role that, that we're called to embrace, that has weight and significance for our life, well, what, what kind of sacrifice does God want from us? Well, I think Jesus helped shed some light on this. When, when he was talking about the greatest commandment, so that the thing that God would desire most for us, in, in Mark 12, Jesus says, here it is, the greatest commandment is this, love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And, and the second is like it, they're connected Love your neighbor as yourself. That, that what Jesus would tell us, hey, the greatest thing that God would desire from us, that God would desire from you, is that you would love God with all of who you are and, and you would love others as much as you love yourself. That this, this is somehow the heart of that idea of a sacrifice that God would want from us. And another one of the early Christian leaders, a guy named Paul, he helps pick up on this idea as well in one of his writings and helps us understand, okay, what does this idea of sacrifice that God wants from us look like? And so he writes this in, in one of his letters, Romans 12, he writes these words. It says, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Like let them be a living and holy sacrifice the kind he will find acceptable. This truly is the way to worship him. You see, what Paul is saying is that the sacrifice that God wants from us is us, is us offering our lives to him in response to all that he has done for us. This God who, who's loved us so much that he sent his son into the world, that he sent Jesus to come into our story, to, to find us in the mess and brokenness and say, I've got something better for you than this. I'll pay the price to bring you back into new life. God will be father once again. I mean, it's why we're told these words in John 3.16 that God loved the world so much. And that's you and me and everyone in it. God loved the world so much that he sent his son and he sent Jesus into this world that Whoever would believe in him would not perish. but would have the hope of eternal life, everlasting life with him. See, this is what God has done for us. And our response then is to give our lives to him as a sacrifice. Because how do you respond to a love like God's love for us? Well, I, I think one of the ways that we respond is by saying, okay, here I am, all of me running into all of you. See, because when we give ourselves to God in response to his love for us, we, we don't do it out of a sense of obligation. 
We do it out of a desire to reciprocate the love he's given to us. Because that's when love is always at its best, when it's mutual, when it's shared, when it's reciprocated. I mean, yes, you can love somebody that never returns that love. You're capable of that. But the greatest kind of love we will experience is when the love we give to another person is reflected back and shared to us. And that's the love that God wants to experience with us and us with Him. See, there's a reason that God loves us, loves us so much. He sent Jesus into this world to give us new life. There's a reason that God loves us. There's a reason He wants us to reciprocate that love to Him. And there's a reason God loves you. There's a reason He wants you to reciprocate that love to Him. God wants you. Like God wants you because you're worth it to Him. You are enough for Him. You are enough for Him to move heaven and earth, to come into the story and to bring you into new life with Him. You are enough for Him. And we reciprocate our love to Him by offering ourselves in response to His love for us. And so what does it look like that, that, to do that, to, to offer ourselves as this living sacrifice? Well, Paul goes on to describe that in the next sentence in verse 2 of Romans 12. So he says, so, so don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And so the way we offer ourselves as a sacrifice is that to step out of the broken ways of this world, the, the ways of selfishness and and mean-spiritedness and treating people as, as objects or a means to an end, instead learning to, to love God and love others the way Jesus calls us to. That's how we begin to step out of the old life and the new life. And we, we let our minds be transformed by asking God, what do you think about life? What do you want me to understand about it? And, and asking Him to show us how to think that way. So God, what, what do you think about how I'm doing my relationships? And what do you want from me in those places? What do you think about my resources and how I use my money? What do you want from me with that? And as we invite him to speak into these areas of our life, we begin to be transformed and understanding what he wants from us and step into more of what he has for us. Because when this happens, what Paul says next, he goes, then you will learn God's will for you. God's desire and design for our lives. We'll learn that as we let him transform our thinking, as we offer our lives as a living sacrifice. And so this is part of what it means to be a priest, that as a priest we show others the goodness of God by giving all of us to him so that God can do incredible things through us in the world around us and in our relationships. And so what that means is that wherever you go, whatever situation you find yourself in, whomever you are with, you have something to bring to the table. You have something to bring to the table because you are enough. You are enough because God loves you and he wants you. You're enough to let God bring his goodness through you to those around you. See, you're a priest. You're a priest who offers the sacrifice of your life to God so he can do incredible things through you. And so do you, do you see the weight of this? 
the weight of this name, the weight of this title that's given to us as followers of Jesus. And yet here's the thing, this is not meant to be a weight of duty. Not at all. This is meant to be the weight of significance. The weight of purpose and belonging. Because you have something to bring to the table. See, I don't know if I always see this in my own life or in my own story. I, I, I don't always feel the weight of the significance of what I'm called to. I, I think a lot of times as I think about what God has and wants for me, this idea of, Joel, you, you're, you're one of my priests. I think a lot of times my response is, whoa, wait, hold on. Who am I? Like, who am I, God, to step into this moment that you have for me? Who, who am I to bring something to the table? I mean, who am I to represent God to anyone? I think there's oftentimes in my story where I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm way too shy and awkward. I'm, I'm like that, that kid who gives toy swords and shields to his family thinking it's cool. That's like, who am I to do what you want? And maybe you're the opposite of me. Maybe you're on the other side of that, that, that personality equation. And you're like, God, who am I? I'm, I'm way too rude and abrasive. I'm going to do damage. Or maybe you, you're wrestling with that idea of who am I because you just think there's, there's just too much stuff in my story. Too much hurt and pain, too much baggage. Like, God, how, how could I ever be a priest for you? And yet here's what you and I need to understand. If that's, God, if that's who God says we are, then that's who we are. And whenever we wrestle with that who am I feelings or that thinking, that who am I thinking begins to show up in us, we need to remember who we are. We need to remember who we are and begin to challenge that thinking, challenge that who am I mindset by remembering that because of Jesus, you and I, we live from a place of acceptance. So we challenge that who am I mindset by saying, I am enough because God wants me. I am enough because of what God has done for me. I am enough because of what God is at work doing in my life. And, and oh, friends, it matters that we embrace this name, this title. It matters. Because do you know what happens when enough people show up? And I don't mean numerically enough. I mean people who know that they are enough because they know they're loved by God. Do you know what happens? Now, when people who know that they're enough show up, they bring their best for the benefit of others. They bring their best into their friendships because they know they have a part to play. They know they have a role in helping their friends see the goodness of God live through their life. And so in friendships, we show up and we bring the best of what we've got so that they can experience God through us. Or in our families, we bring the best of who we've got, even when we're struggling to feel like, are we doing it right? I mean, COVID and school makes being a family so challenging right now, and it's easy to feel defeated. And yet here's what you need to understand. You are enough because God has brought you into that family to show his goodness. So bring the best of what you've got because you're a priest in your family. Or when you're at work and you're just struggling to get through the grind, hey, what if you stopped to think about the fact that maybe you're not there simply for a paycheck. Maybe you're there because God brought you to that place to show his goodness to others. Or this matters in the life of our church. 
See, we've all got a part to play in being church together, even while we're scattered around. There's a role for you to play in the life of the church that you are a part of because you're a priest in this church. You represent God to others. You help others see the goodness of God. So you show up to your community group, whether it's outside safely or in Zoom, because you've got something to bring to the life of those people to help them grow as followers of Jesus. You show up in the relationships of your church. And see, when, we, when you and I do that, when we begin to bring our best for the benefit of others, you and I actually begin to live our best lives because we're representing God. And we show the goodness of God through our lives. And, and that's you and I living our best life because that's what we were created for and created to do. And so I am here today to tell you that you've got a name, you've got a title, and it's got some weight and significance for your life. Maybe, maybe this is new to you. Maybe you just thought that was for other people and you didn't realize this is for you and, and you're wrestling with the implications of that. Or, or maybe like some of us, you knew that once upon a time, but you You've forgotten that. Life's beating you down and, and you're kind of hanging your head today. That can happen. I remember hearing my, my nephews and my daughters playing in the backyard. I was sitting on the front patio reading, reading a book and, and out of the corner of my eye, I see my, my older nephew just slowly kind of walking up towards me, kind of very shy and sheepish. and He's kind of slumped in his posture. He's got his head down. And I, I look over and I'm like, I'm with Chase, what's going on? And, and he just says in a quiet voice, Uncle Joel, what's my name again? See, he forgot his name. And so I said, oh, buddy, you are Chase the champion. The battle's already been won. Don't give up. And, and I saw his eyes prick and he goes, yeah, that's right. And, and his shoulders straightened up and and he lifts his sword to shield and he goes charging back into the adventure of his cousins. And Oh man, do you understand that God has an adventure for your life? Friend, do you know your name? Do you know your title? Do you know who we are because Jesus is at work in our story? You are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful life. Listen, you are enough to bring the best of who you are to the table. We are enough to bring the best of ourselves to others. So go and be a priest this week. Go and offer yourself as a living sacrifice. Because wherever you go, whatever situation you find yourself in, whomever you're with, you have something to bring to the table. Let me pray for us. Uh, Father, thank you that when you find us and see us, you see the best of who we are, the best of who we can be. And so would we hear what you want to say to us today? Would we hear the words you have for us? Would we hear who you're calling us to be? Would we be who you say we are today? And so today, would we be reminded that we've got a name 
we've got a title and it's got some weight and significance. Would you speak to the identity of who we are and call us into our purpose so we can show your goodness to others around us? Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.